Our second reading from this morning is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 15 through 20. And it can also be found in the middle of your bulletin insert if you'd like to follow along. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Abba in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Here ends our reading. The reading of the Passover comes as an interruption to the narrative of the plagues and is part of the lead up to the Exodus. In the midst of these epic events, the writers slow everything down, describing every detail of what the people are to do in the face of great loss and risk of loss, in the face of destruction and disease. All questions are already anticipated. What to do in order to find refuge? How many lambs are required for the community as a whole? And what to look for when selecting them? When and in exactly which way the lamb should be prepared? How quickly the people should be ready to leave? Should they already be wearing their coats and their shoes? What comes next? Not only are such concrete directions helpful for a people in shock, grief, trauma, but these writers, geniuses at remembering, have created a liturgy for the story, to hold the story for future generations, directing the people to make the Passover meal a ritual, putting it into action so their body will remember when the mind doesn't. One particular story becomes an opening to the many, to mine, to yours, to our planetary communities, to some place resident within in need of unhooking, some place in need of holding. Getting to know a story through reenactment allows people throughout time to know it from the inside. It allows the body to teach. 
as we move through the actions again and again. We grow to know it, to understand it, a little more, a little differently each time. This happens as we at table each week say and hear those words on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. He gathered round table, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, where the blessing, once felt commanding, authoritative, now feels like humility, gratitude, and as the movement continues, feeling with the opening, vulnerability, and bringing back the broken pieces together again. Do this in remembrance of me. Bring them back together again, taking it into ourselves, a living liturgy. The practice of forgiveness and bringing together the broken pieces again is taken up in our reading from Matthew. Having been harmed, the offended member is encouraged to, say, to take aside the brother or sister who hurt them for a one-on-one -on -one conversation. If they listen, acknowledging the hurt done, well, wonderful. They have been regained into community. But if they are unable or unwilling to hear, two other members are to be brought along to serve as witnesses, validating the importance of the conversation. Put simply, we are told to care. When we are hurt by our brother or sister, we are to care enough about the relationship and about what it is to be in community to say something. And if they don't listen, to try again. Now the next part, which you may have caught, is not as clean. Reconciliation rarely is. The text says that if the brother or sister who has caused the harm is still unable to listen, even to the whole community. Let them be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. These are confusing and unlikely words in the mouth of Jesus. Now maybe, maybe, as some have suggested, this part of the text is a reflection of how the brother or sister is already choosing to be an outsider, without an interest in mutual respect or responsibility. It's also possible, though this might be a projection, but possible that the scenario hit too close to home for Matthew, and pinged by anger and pain, he goes for excommunication. If you're not willing to listen, you're out of here. If it's a text about casting aside excommunicates, exiles, 
by another name. It would add a layer of contradiction, which would be human. As Moses, an exile for having killed someone, even if for a good reason, is the one called to lead the people out of misery and into freedom. Still, maybe Matthew just wasn't ready. Making friends with forgiveness, forgiveness for the deep cuts, leaves my body wanting to shut down. I was reminded of this as I listened to Wendy Farley, the presenter at the August Companions Retreat, speak of forgiveness so unreservedly. My body as teacher, with a fight or freeze response, said, that feels dangerous. And as a domestic violence counselor, and as a woman, and as a human being, I am trained to listen for and to respect danger. Becoming and remaining clear of a wrong done, without room for reconciliation, has felt like a protection, especially when forgiveness was part of the entrapment to take on more harm. And to use Matthew's words, the brother or sister who caused the harm wasn't committed to mutual respect or responsibility. It's confusing to sort through forgiveness when it's mixed up with abuse and the perpetuation of more abuse, just as food or money or sex or intelligence or birthplace or skin tone is confusing when it has been used to disappear a person's humanity. Like Matthew, I've already had the conversations. And, and, we can no more force the acknowledgement in another than force ourselves to be ready to forgive. Still, I believe in the ancient practice of taking the hurt and creating a liturgy to work through, a song of prayer, a symbol of rising. I want to take a page from the ancient witnesses who honor the life of pain as part of the healing of the body. Though we might rather the hurt disappear, the ancients teach us not to sweep the painful parts under the rug, but to bring them with, in the light of day and in community, on the way to freedom. In full body, the storytellers of old teach us the way to revisiting history overtly, instead of in an unseen, forgotten, yet still carried way. So I get to take it with me, my discomfort with forgiveness, to let it be there with me, acknowledged, a little plant with its own life. Right now, its muscles are delicate, and its green shoots have some twists and bends. 
and I'm going to lovingly listen to it, trusting it as I would a living liturgy, honoring its need for sunlight and air and care and gentleness, to let it feel safe enough to stretch out its arms, to let its leaves open and imagine its own flowers. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you.